Sonny? Not too much, not too much. Just uh, been enjoying the start of this day. What about yourself? Pretty good. Start of the day, dog. It's like three o'clock. <laughs> a, a little late start today. A little, a little late, late start? start today. That's why you postponed? Yeah, a little late start. We had the baby today and, uh, you know, the baby wants to get up at different times and yeah. just uh, everything revolves around her schedule first and then it comes uh, to me and the wife. So yeah. definitely you, a late start. Did you get your workout in? <laughs> I did not. I did not get my workout in, but it's definitely on the list for today, and it will yeah. get completed. Yeah. Just so that uh, not only for you but everybody listening, uh, we have a pledge, right? Yeah. And we got a pledge. Uh, if we're going to talk about mental health, that we're going to be about it. So that's daily workouts, journaling, getting out in nature, just doing something every day. Yeah. So we can't do this, honey, if you don't abide by our pledge. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the this relationship this partnership is contingent on that yeah i even do that with crystal too yeah that's I, good that's I, how it should be yeah i told her i'm like you know what uh we owe that to each other yeah right so uh, the best thing you can do for others is nurture yourself so you can put forth your best energy yeah. and so that's what i kind of tell crystal i do that with you anybody that i kind of work with or that i'm around a lot of the times i'm just like you know what so it's kind of like man Let's just, uh, let's get on the same page here. Yeah. No, right? I've uh, implemented that for myself now. I'm trying to make the videos to send those over to you, letting you know that it's being completed. Yeah. And I've tried to, you know, pass it on, obviously, to my wife to get her yeah. to start kind of, you know, pushing those boundaries. Because, was, you know, we get lazy at times. Uh -huh. And if both couples are lazy, it, you know, falls on the other one too. And they yeah. kind of fall into the same things. So just trying to, you know... Do it myself so that she can see it and uh, set an example that I'm doing on the yeah. daily. Yeah, the best thing you can do is like with any couple, any relationship is um, instead of like preaching to them what they could be doing, just do it. Yep. The more you do it, they kind of like, we don't have to speak so many words. We just have to embody it. Yeah. When you embody it, people are just like around you, they get inspired much quicker and yep. faster than if you're just kind of. Uh, nag them yeah. yeah like whoa i'm going to the gym why aren't you going to the yeah. gym you yeah. know oh i'm journaling look at me i'm fucking yeah. king shit yeah. what about you man yeah. why aren't you journaling sonny <laughs> fucking pick up your pace man yeah that's but, true but i'll just keep doing it and uh it'll have more of a, a positive in, impact on the people that you really love and want to influence for the better yeah yeah well, that's yeah. true so what have you been what have you been up to? It's been a little over a week now. A little, little over a week uh, teaching yoga. Um, so I love teaching those classes. I teach, a, it's kind of, I call it mental wealth yoga. So I teach a combination of movement, breath work, and meditation. So holding the poses, very passive, one to three minutes, helping you really get into benefiting not only your muscles and your ligaments, but your joint health. Yeah. And if you're not slowing down in the stretches, like they call them a deep stretch, which is actually yin yoga. Uh, but in, in simple terms, it's really just a deep stretch. Yeah. Um, so I love teaching those classes. It's in a heated environment. And yeah, so teaching yoga, enjoying that, loving that. Um, also, me and Crystal just moved. So... Uh, that's been hectic uh, all while trying like doing this podcast yeah right like which is fun because like when you told me about it, it was when we were going to start this it was kind of like sure it just yeah. kind of slid right into yeah. it there was no brainstorm yeah. there's no like None. there was nothing like hey man let's do a fucking yeah. pie chart and look at the <laughs> pros and cons of like what we should say and what we shouldn't say it's like 
you know, let's just get together. Let's yeah. talk. Um, and somebody had reached out they, to me and then they said that they really enjoyed watching me um, like find uh, a platform so that I can convey myself yeah. and my message. And I'm like, I've never really had a particular message. Yeah. It's more just my energy, my vibe that I think that I always brought to my yoga classes, my coaching practice, the uh, mental health workshops that I do when we play uh, basketball, yeah. you know, uh, I just, uh, yeah, it's just trying to raise the morale. Yeah. And that's kind of, I think, where I always, uh, um, well, I think that's, for now, that's like what I want to use this platform for is to raise the morale yeah. as, as we continue to talk about all these different topics. And particularly my main interest is mental health. As we continue to talk about those things, we can talk about what we see as a problem, but always backing that with like a solutions-based mindset to say, yeah, I've addressed this problem. I see it within our culture, within ourselves, with, uh, within our communities, our families. However, here are some solutions. Yep. Without the solutions, I, that's just something I never wanted to bring into um, this work that we're doing. Because yep. to be quite honest, like... I rarely listen to podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a big podcast listener. Yeah. Um, I listen to, uh, I'll listen to like some few episodes here and there. Um, I go through stints where I read a lot of books, but uh, I think my main source of inspiration truly comes from conversations like this that I have yeah. with my students, clients, people in the sauna. So um, yeah, this is, uh, this is all for the this is all for the good, Sonny. I'm really excited about what we're doing. Um, so yeah, how about you? Like uh, how 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 the what we've been doing this for three weeks now, yeah. three four weeks. Yeah. How how's it been for you? Like mentally, emotionally. I think uh, you know starting off this podcast, how you kind of said uh, you know we connected on this and just kind of brought it up that we're going to work together. Initially, yeah. before that, it was uh, me trying to you know talk with a lot of different people to get like an idea of what I wanted to talk about, who was going to be on there. A lot, a lot of talks, late night talks with my wife of, yeah. you know, are you going to join me on this? And <laughs> what the hell would we talk about? We'd probably annoy each other and be bickering on a podcast with one another. So trying to pick that topic of where we wanted to go. And I think she brought it up and just kind of looking at what you were doing in your life and kind of the vibe you had that was going on. I think that just kind of attracted me towards uh, just that lifestyle that you were living and kind of projecting. And I think that's something that just has helped kind of me in my life too, mentally and physically, you know, getting pushed by somebody, almost having that life coach there. And I think that's what some people that I've seen, you know, around me and uh, different audiences that it'd be awesome for people to be able to get that, listen to that, see if they pick up anything that they'll like. Yeah. So I think just uh, definitely it's been giving me more clarity being in this podcast because now I'm thinking about things so much more. I got things written down in that journal yeah. that I've never written down before. I haven't written in a long time. So it's kind of opening my mind again, that creative side to a totally different side, a totally mental health creative side, I kind of call it, where I'm getting all these things uh, that I normally wouldn't have thought of. And now I'm able to think of those because I'm taking my time. I'm assessing what I'm doing mentally and knowing that if a problem arises, there are solutions to it and it's always not one choice. Yeah. So that's definitely helped uh, a lot. In yeah. these last three, four weeks, I've seen a big change. Yeah, I've, I've always known you've been super creative. I remember even like, even aside, like when we play Call of Duty, man, like you are <laughs> insane, like how good you are, like your reflexes and like you're just a beast with Call of Duty. I used to be like that with Halo. Uh, so I'm a little envious sometimes because like my Call of Duty skills aren't as up to par with my Halo skills, but... <laughs> 
uh, I look at that and I always think like that there is a sign uh, that's a sign of intelligence like people who can play those kind of games at that level it's just like now I told you it's just like your gamer tag is Vandafornia it's just like now we're just going to bring Vandafornia into this platform yeah. and you're going to Vandafornia the shit out of this yeah. podcast yeah no definitely I've been you know taking a lot of this into my personal life and just uh, another thing I did uh, last week, uh, just after our podcast, we were talking you know, a lot about kind of helping the youth and doing these programs or outreach and how people can find out. And, you know, I, we're talking about it, we're preaching it, but we also have to do it. So right away, I had a friend just to listen to it, call me up. Yeah. And he said, hey, I'm doing a youth program in Abbotsford for uh, Roller Hockey League just to get, uh, get it back going. Because I think uh, the Abbotsford Roller Hockey League went away for about 10 years just yeah. because of funding issues and all these other things. So my friend and uh, a couple of his close friends uh, put some money together, started this program basically from scratch. And I got a chance to go shoot some photos, uh, some uh, short films for them just to kind of get a little bit of marketing, get the idea out so that they can kind of get more people. And it was an awesome turnout to be able to see kids from ages six to about 13 or 14. Yeah. And just watching all these little kids, you know, playing hockey, some first timers, some that you could tell they have a skill to take uh, their, uh, you know, level of hockey to a different uh, league. And it was awesome to be able to see it and experience it. So, you know, definitely just, uh, you know, we got to preach sometimes or do what we preach, right? Do what we, practice what you practice, preach yeah. before yeah. you try to teach. Yeah, exactly. So that's your mantra, okay? Yeah. Practice what you preach before you try to teach. Yeah. Um, I was looking over some of the clips from uh, the spring cleaning episode and talking about like how I, re- I just saw this before I came here today. And it was just this one clip of me talking about how when I started my coaching practice, I wasn't doing some of the things I would be suggesting to clients and I would only do yoga when I was teaching yoga and uh, I found myself to be going down that path of burning out. Yeah. So there's a couple of reasons like it's not just, you know, for credibility to practice what you preach before you try to teach. It's also for your vitality, for your energy, for yeah. your own internal motivation. If you're not doing it, it's not others is going to think you're a fraud. You're going to know you're a fraud. Yep. Right? And if you know and if you know as you're saying it to others, man, that's some that's some like kind of uh wishy-washy kind of connection that you're having with others and they pick up on that. People can generally tell at least for the most part when people are authentic about the things that they're trying to teach others. And by authentic, I mean, they have tried it. They've gone to the state of almost embodying it. So like we were talking about journaling, like you can tell, like sometimes I hear, like I I try to limit my social media, but you know, because of the people that I follow, obviously the algorithm puts me in this, uh, in this space where I'm seeing a lot of, uh, you know, wellness practitioners, coaches, therapists, and people talking about these practices. And it's like, it's sometimes it's very easy for me to kind of just assess and be like, but you're, I can tell you're not doing it. Yeah. I can just tell that you're not living by these, um, you're not living by it. Yeah. And so for me, it's like, you know what, that switched a long time ago. And it's, it's something where I know, even if, you know, if I'm not feeling a yoga class, not even like a, if my vibe is off, if I know I haven't been on my A game, I'm not going to spread that energy to my students. Yeah. 
you know, I was like a freelancer, like yoga instructor. Like <laughs> I would just teach for free sometimes because yeah. I'm like, man, I, it's just a passion of mine. I don't, if I'm, if I'm going to teach yoga, it's not going to be a job. Yeah. You're not going to see me putting myself in, I'm super flexible, but you're not going to see me becoming a pretzel on my Instagram feed yeah. just to, you know, show off what I can do. For me, it's like, I want to help people get into a state of calm yeah. within themselves that I found when I started yoga. That's why I'm doing it. And um, if I'm not in that state of calm, you know, for whatever reason in my life, if, uh, you know, I fell off some of my tools and my practices or there was like some kind of big moment in my life that kind of derailed me a bit and I had to kind of go inward and take a pause, sit on the bench. Yeah. I'm not going to teach. Yeah. I won't even coach. I've taken, I've been coaching for eight years now. I've taken, I've in, in the past eight years, I've probably taken a good two years off. Yeah. You know, spread out throughout the eight years. Um, so I can get myself ready to, uh, perform, yeah. you know, and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it practicing what I preach, um, has been the game changer for me. That's kept me in the game yeah. a lot longer, yeah. a lot consecutive. Like I'm not, I don't take days off now anymore. I used to take those, I used to take that time off because when you work with people, especially like in, in, in mental health, yeah. man, you, you must, the job doesn't start when you like facilitate a group or you're working one-on-one. Your job begins days before yeah. weeks before how are you prepping yourself it's almost like a looking at it like an athlete would prep for a game yeah i'm prepping with my routine making sure that i'm getting good sleep yeah nutrition is good i'm getting to the gym getting some movement i'm uh journaling and getting myself mentally and emotionally prepped for that work yeah. so it starts way before it's not just like Oh yeah, I got a client. I'm going to just jump right yeah. into it. I do a lot of prep work. It's like almost like I'm a perfectionist. And I thought, you know, there's this, you know, people are like, yo, don't worry about being a perfectionist. Just go with the flow. No, fuck no. Yeah. This work, man, don't go with the flow. Yeah. You know, you're teaching yoga. You're, you're helping people. You want to inspire them. You want them, um, you want to help them kind of emerge from the depths of their own darkness. Don't go with the flow. No. Do you, you have to keep yourself at a certain level. Um, almost at a, you know, I, I kind of looked at it like a, a Olympic level yeah. mentally and emotionally. Yeah. And the way you get there is by uh, practicing what you're preaching, the things that you're learning about. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. You have to, you know, practice what you preach. Cause, and I got to learn that even in my industry, working with, uh, you know, videography and photography, you start with the basics and obviously you want, you know, better and better clientele. You're looking for those big brand companies and I remember in the beginning you know reaching out to some of these companies and you know giving them a list of things I've seen really good videographers and photographers say to them taking yeah. their courses and classes and then telling these big brands hey this is what I can do for you yeah and then when they do come around knocking and asking for those things and you can't perform them they get to find out what you actually are who you actually are and yeah. what level or stage you're at so it's always good to you know practice what you preach before you teach because yeah. You don't want to be going out there and presenting yourself as, you know, I can do all this. And then when the deliverable has to happen, you're way below what you said you were going to do. Yeah. So I got to learn that early myself personally. Yeah. And then seeing that kind of in the real estate field, working in that industry too, seeing just a lot of, uh, you know, local realtors that uh, they market 
that, hey, we know everything about the market and we know what this property's future potential is and all this. And then when you meet with them, they don't know what the zoning is, what the bylaws are, how much development cost charges are going to be on a property. And that's when you get to see what the real person is. And you see the difference between somebody that actually practices what they preach compared to somebody that's just kind of fake it till they make it. Yeah, that you was can easily see that, those two sides. I was just thinking <laughs> that phrase that you said, fake it till you make it. I literally that came into my head just yeah. before you, as you were describing it, because it's kind of like uh, I've heard people say that, like fake it till you make it, right? Yeah. Like, no fuck no, don't yeah. fake it till you make no. it. And I've also heard some of those. Um, there's another term: stop playing small. You know, you're a lot more than what you are. Like, yeah, I mean, you are. You're capable. You're you are capable of great things. Yeah. Um, but maybe it's not you're playing small. Maybe you're just in a novice period with this skill or this trait, and it takes time. Yeah. And you must you must humble yourself to the journey and the commitment and the effort it requires for you to get to where you want to be, where you, you know, uh, where a lot of people uh, let the um, kind of cart lead before the horse, yeah. so to speak. It's you don't fake it till you make it. And, and, and guess what's going to happen when you're not, when you're not faking it till you make it, you will uh, enjoy what you're doing. Yeah. You know, there's this problem. I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's probably a certain amount of stress that comes along with faking it till you make it. Yeah. You know, why would you want to live um, stressfully when if you're doing something as an entrepreneur, let's say if you're doing something as an entrepreneur that you really feel passionate about, why are you going to fake it till you make it? Yeah. Why not humble yourself, acknowledge what is um, maybe a lack of knowledge or a lack of training, yeah. however that looks like to you um, and uh, get to work. Yeah, no, definitely. You're right on that. Like that fake it till you make it can only last so long until you are presented how I was with, you know, wherever you're trying to reach or whoever you're trying to fake it to make it. Yeah. They, you know, answer back on things that you might not know. And that's when that whole thing could end. And how you're saying you're putting a lot of time and effort into trying to fake it till you make it. Yeah. So putting all that effort, putting all that emphasis on whatever you're trying to do, and then it blow back on you could really hurt you financially, physically, emotionally, mentally. So you always want to make sure you do learn and take your time with whatever you're trying to do because that's what people see these days you know you could tell when somebody's honed in their skills taking their time and see it in their work compared to somebody nowadays just trying to put up as much as they can of something or put up work that's not even theirs or they took an idea from somewhere else and when you ask them to replicate something like that they're not able to produce yeah. it even even like so I've worked and I have a lot of friends who are in like the traditional mental health space and also the non-traditional mental health space so talking about like just the traditional health space, I have so many friends that are psychologists and psychotherapists that, that are burnt out, but they'll still, you know, continue to um, continue to take on clients. Yeah. So there's multiple, it's, it's not just like stop faking it till you make it. It's, it's kind of like, it's for them, if, they, if they're not making an income, there's a certain stress that comes from not making the income. So yeah. now they're feeling financially insecure. So that's another uh, another uh, reason why they're going to continue to run their practice. Um, but ultimately, when you're working in mental health, it doesn't really matter. It's not about the money. No, it absolutely cannot be about the money. It's, it's you owe the people that you're working with an obligation to be your best. Yeah. To and and they say one of the most crucial skills you can have as a coach, a therapist, is an objective frame of mind. So if I'm working with you, the only way I'm going to get objective, meaning I'm not going to project my own 
emotional backstory yeah. onto you while you're speaking and kind of veer off track and not actively listen to you as if I'm not on my A game. Yeah. And so that's why you, you can't fake it till you make it. And there should be a, the highest standard yeah. when it comes to this kind of work because I've experienced it firsthand with therapists that are just out to lunch. Yeah. Going through, reading through a manual. I've, I've gone to yoga classes where people are kind of regurgitating things that they read online or they, they saw in the, from an inspirational quote. Yeah. And it's like, this fucking shit's not going to cut yeah. it, man. And and to know, to, like, I've worked with some beautiful people in both industries. I have, so, I have very talented friends mm -hmm. for, like that are fucking phenomenal at what they do. But unfortunately, I've seen the other end where it's just like, some of these people are, they could be so much more yeah. than what they are in, in terms of um, the impact that they could have on others if they just took care of themselves. Yeah. If they just slowed things down, kept it, you know, kept their kept their fundamentals strong mm -hmm. for their own self-care. And yeah. like we talked about the fundamentals, their sleep, yeah. get some movement, get your diet on point, like get yourself to a state where and keep yourself there so that you can stay in this game yeah. that's why i look at it like a sport yeah. i look at mental health like if i'm working with correctional officers if i'm working with young boys if i'm working with grandmas if i'm yeah. working with men's like in doing my men's group or whoever i look at it like a sport you know and i'm gonna be you know i know i know you younger guys you're like oh lebron but for me it's like mj i'm gonna be mj of yeah. this i promise you i yeah. will put in that work i am constantly always thinking about this work and i will keep myself there and so that i can be the best version of myself and i've had to bench myself but i promise you you know and again it's something i think that when you do get to that point when you can recognize that you need to sit on the bench it is going to be a game changer for yourself as a, a wellness practitioner. Yeah. Whether you're a therapist, a yoga teacher, a meditation teacher. If you can humble yourself and recognize when you need to sit on the bench. Because everybody wants to play. Yeah. You know, they're passionate yeah. too. They want to get in there. They want to help and they want to support. Yeah. But if, when you recognize that you need to, you need to sit out. Yeah. You, need to, you can't play this game right now. Yeah. Man, fuck. That's when I think you will reach heights that you've never imagined possible. Mm-hmm. And that's a part of this too, is like this constant um, check-in with yourself. Because if you don't check yourself, yeah. you're not only you're going to wreck yourself, you're going to potentially wreck somebody else. Yeah. And I think for myself and just, you know, our audience, whoever's listening, I just want to kind of, I've been wanting to always ask you this is, you know, what is non-traditional and traditional? Like what not, is kind of the difference not, and what are the people within not, that? Non-traditional is okay we'll go start with traditional yeah. mental health traditional is people like in that go to like um typically are more western yeah so they'll go to school um for um psychology they're okay. the, the, the therapist the psychotherapist somatic therapist yeah. um they are um even kind of like nutritionist it's kind of like a it's kind of like a, i think they're kind of a unless they're like a holistic nutritionist it's kind of they're kind of they could be in the middle but they're more like the doctors, yeah. um, things that are more mainstream, if you will. Okay. Right. So those are the traditional um, practitioners within our culture, because that's what we know, right? Yeah. Well, included in, in in your benefits, like you don't have yoga in, yeah. in your benefits plan. No. Okay. <laughs> so they're gonna they're gonna include like oh your medication, uh, you know pharmaceuticals are included in your in your benefits yeah. program. Well, so basically anything that you weren't brought up yep. uh, to understand can benefit you yep. is, is non-traditional 
Okay. So non-traditional is yoga. Young uh, non-traditional is like um, holistic nutrition. So her herbal medications, um, essential oils. You know, working with aromatherapy. Um, there is uh, shamanic practices. Um, doing, um, you know, it's getting more mainstream, but working with psilocybin, working with LSD. Um, now even therapists are starting to work with it. So here's the beautiful yeah. thing. That's like, I, I, when I started mental health, I used to have to say traditional, non-traditional, but now it's beautiful because things are starting to meld yeah. together. It's beautiful. But for the longest time, it was kind of segregated. Yeah. So uh, does that kind of make more sense? No, it's that like, totally does. So yeah. you, it, like, uh, I don't think our audience knows, we talked about this just before. You went to a cold plunge, uh, therapy session i guess so yeah so there which side would that be then that would be non non-traditional it's purely. Gonna, it'll be it'll be it'll be traditional soon. eventually yeah yeah definitely. so it's more non-traditional so yeah. uh, uh ice ice plunges cold plunges cold dips um cold therapy that's yeah. what i like to call it uh coupled with like hot sauna sessions so contrast therapy so you go back and forth you cycle back and forth okay. um uh, I went to uh, Salt, what's the name? It's Salt Wagon, Salt Chuck. Salt Chuck something, yeah. Salt Wagon Chuck Spa. It was beautiful. The guys yeah. there, Sam, he was a great, he was great, great guide. Um, they just opened up there in South Surrey. Went there. Um, they have a beautiful sauna, wood-burning sauna. Uh, they had these ice plunges. They had a little community fire pit, nice drinks for you. So we went, Crystal and I went for two hours. You go there, you kind of, um, we did a little bit of a breathing, kind of, uh, I always set an, in, I, I don't always set an intention, but I did yesterday. I'm like, I just want to get a good night's sleep tonight. Yeah. That was my intention. I want to get a really good night's sleep. Yeah. So you go in there, you, you get in the cold, uh, you submerge yourself for as long as you can, <laughs> you get out, you go into the heat. How long did you submerge? Uh, I, I did about like, I did like six, six Damn. rounds in the cold. Probably about five minutes each. Damn. Yeah. But you can practice in the shower. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I have, I, you know, when we started uh, doing those little text exchanges where we talk about how long we lasted. Yeah, yeah. I think mine's never made it over like a minute 30 in the shower. <laughs> I tried so hard to just. You, it just practice, man. <laughs> yeah, practice. definitely. Practice. There's just so many tools and tips and tricks with that. We can have, yeah. We'll do a whole podcast. Hell on, yeah. On, on, yeah. on cold therapy. But. Uh, but that 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 is non-traditional, yeah. right? Um, cold therapy, yeah. right? Being able uh, so when you get into the cold, what's happening is your body's getting into a sympathetic state. So w what's happening is you are in kind of like a fight or flight state. Your yeah. heart is racing because you, your body's screaming like I'm gonna fucking die. Yeah, I'm in this cold. It's shocking the shit out of your yeah. system. So what you're doing is you're breathing while you're in there, and you're conditioning your nervous system to have a better stress response. Yeah, right. How does that benefit you anywhere else? Whenever you get into life, you're going to get stress is going to come in two different ways. It's external or internal. Yeah. External, we got our five senses. We have the sounds that we hear, the things that we see, what we're touching, what we're eating, right? Yeah. Internal, it's our thoughts can trigger certain emotional states with us that are good or bad. Yeah. So um, our nervous system has a huge role to play in that because um, some of us have dysregulated nervous systems um, from whatever life threw at us. And what the cold therapy does is it allows us to condition it like it's a muscle because yeah. it's training you. It's putting you right in the stress. And now you're dealing with it in real life actively yeah. you're consciously doing something about it instead of being put in stressful situations and not having a coping mechanism yeah. so now when i'm in the cold i'm just breathing they always yeah. tell you to breathe i have fucking no choice man yeah <laughs> i'm breathing and i'm conditioning my response to the stress now. Yeah. so now i have a better response to stress so stress will never go away stress yeah. is always going to be there 
All you can do is condition yourself to better respond to your environment. So I love it because not just that, but just the the tools and the practices. What I'm always doing is I'm conditioning myself to not almost react to my environment. Yeah. I don't want to react to the stress. Yeah. What does that look like? So I react to something that's like a thought that I have about some somebody that I had a conversation with and it pissed me off. Okay, to cope with that, I'm maybe I'm gonna go drink a beer. Yeah. Okay. So I'm reacting. Yeah. There's not much thought there. Yeah. Rather than respond. So I do all these things so I can respond to my environment. So something stressful comes my way. Okay, I'm in traffic. I'm not gonna fucking honk the horn. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Like yeah. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, somebody's going to honk the horn. You're going to be stuck in traffic. It's okay. I'm here. What can I do about it? Honking the horn is not going to magically make me get to my destination any quicker. Yeah. So now I'm just going to respond to the environment. I accept what's happening. I'm not trying to fight traffic with my anger. (laughs) So that's the difference between reacting and responding. And you almost kind of can start to begin. Like for me, then my days are much more enjoyable. Yeah. They kind of flow. There's a flow to them, right? When you're very reactive, I'm getting pissed off about the news. I'm getting pissed off about something that happened a year ago. I'm getting pissed off because they canceled my favorite show or whatever the fuck. Yeah. It's like you're just reacting and you're putting yourself there yeah. into that state of misery. I'd like to respond. I'd like to have a choice. Yeah. Responding gives me a choice to now how I can feel. Yeah. Right? Whereas uh, a lot of these times, you know, for myself and... Uh, what I've dealt with with my own uh, emotional well-being, I didn't feel like I had a choice. I didn't feel like I understood what the hell was going on. Yeah. So I'm like, sure, give me the pills. Sure, I'll go to India. Yeah. Sure, my mom, you can go pay this person to do some prayers and chants for us. Yeah. Sure, you can, uh, I'll, I'll go try this supplement. Hope I can just try everything. It just feels like I'm helpless. Mm-hmm. So responding to my environment makes me feel like I have some kind of control in my life. Yeah. Reacting to the environment, man, I'm not in control of anything. I'm helpless. I yeah. feel powerless. So that's where, you know, when I talk, if you think about power, like your own power, I feel powerful, not physically strong. I feel powerful yeah. when I don't have to react to everything that would, you know, necessarily cause a person's stress, mm-hmm. a considerable amount of stress. Yeah. Like it can still cause me stress, but I'm just not dealing with it like how I used to. Yeah. You know, I used to smoke a lot of weed. Fucking a lot of weed. I used to wake up just wake and bake. I just <laughs> splitting blunts, man, in the morning. It's like fucking six AM. I'd wake up just to get high. Yeah. You know? Or or maybe I'm just, you know, playing video games. Yeah. Maybe it's just like dating women that's going on multiple being a serial dater. Maybe it's just who knows what I was doing to escape my reality. Yeah. You know, there's all these different things that I all these different habits and um Seeking connection with freaking the entire world. You know, that's why I was in a brotherhood. That's why I was in a gang. Just seeking so much yeah. outside of me rather than um, being content with what was inside of me. Mm-hmm. So r- responding to my environment keeps me in my temple, keeps yeah. me in keeps me in my body. Reacting, I'm fucking outside. Yeah. I'm not even here, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah, no, you're right. I think a lot of people don't get to experience that, knowing how to, you know, respond or react. So it's react is just a common thing that, you know, everybody kind of learns as they grow up from a childhood to as old as they get. It's just react, react, react rather than that response. And things like this, like a cold plunge, which, uh, you know, like the first time I heard about it, I was listening to a scientist 
kind of talk about it and what it actually does to the body. And it's basically you're jumping into a cold bath and your body's thinking it's dying. So it's trying to cope and fight against that. You're in the most stressful situation you can be in for your body. Yeah. So your body's like, I'm about to die. I have to do this. Yeah. And you learn something new, basically, about your body and how to control that stress. How capable you how are. How capable you really are yeah. in that moment. Because we think, oh, we'll never be able to, you know, I never, I think I'm never going to be able to be in that cold water for longer than a minute. Yeah. But once you're in that and your body actually learns that you go a minute, two minutes, three minutes, four, yeah. five, you keep learning and your yeah. body's adapting to that because it's letting you know, hey, you could have died at two minutes. You could have died at five, but we're going to help you cope against that. Yeah. And that teaches you that side of response rather than react. And yeah. it's hard for people to learn those two sides because uh, if you're outside of the cold water plunge and that's something you haven't done before, the only other way to really learn that is through experience. And knowing that, you know, what your responses do rather rather than just what your reactions yeah. do. There's multiple ways, too, to yeah. be able to get into that state where you can be responsive. You don't have to ever get into an ice bath. Yep. And you could be as, like, you could have uh, the mindset of a monk. You know, you could you could be as cool as a cucumber. Mm-hmm. It's there are so many. There all one of my favorite sayings is you know when we took it all, take a look at all these tools and these practices, yoga, somatic therapy, uh, um, you know, psychotherapy. All roads lead to Rome. Yeah. And what is what what is your destination? Your destination is to come back home. Meaning you're going to come back to yourself. I feel present. I'm getting good sleep. I'm having good interactions with my family, my loved ones. I have a sense of purpose within me. I am now. I am able to give back to my community. Um, and then that's life, man. Yeah. You know, now I can enjoy my life. So being in this space, I think it's also important to. Uh, I always like to whenever I talk about this, when I'm doing workshops, I always make sure I tell people that there is a buffet of wellness tools out there and it's up to us to go out and explore these tools. So once you explore and you get an experience with it, um, that's going to be your truth. Now that it's your truth, you can uh, ask yourself, like, is this going to be something that I can do long term that's going to work for me rather than get sold on a tool or a practice, you know, get sold on the hype. There's hype around ice cold baths and cold therapy because it fucking works. Yeah. Right. But some people can get turned off from the hype saying, well, fuck man, look at these people. (laughs) Good for you. And, but they're just, it's just because they haven't tried it. Yeah. Right. And they, and, and they feel insecure that they're not, they're not going down that path. The same with yoga. Yeah. If you've never tried yoga, how are you going to fucking, Yep. knock it if you've never been in therapy like with a really good therapist how can you knock therapy right yep. and how can you knock some medications i medication almost made me commit suicide yep. i had to go through long uh, 10 years of forgiveness yep. uh, to forgive uh the industry itself the pharmaceutical industry but i can't not acknowledge the good that some of these medications have done for others to help them regain their sense of self. Yeah. It's almost, it was like gave them, it was like their lifeline for, to help them find these other different tools and practices to better their mental and emotional well-being. So it's, you know, all roads lead to Rome. Yeah. And that's, you know, you talk about the ice plunge and we talk about yoga, but I always want to just inspire people to just try, yeah. start, knowledge without application that's like macaroni without cheese nobody yeah. wants that sunny yeah nobody nobody, nobody <laughs> wants to just nobody wants you know and we are inundated with so much of what you could do what you sh- what you shouldn't be doing yeah it's like don't do this do this 
Well, just try, and yeah. then you'll know for yourself. Because otherwise, you're going to be in this analysis paralysis state of being where you're overanalyzing fucking everything yeah. to the point where it just you're not taking any action. Yeah. So get cold. Go in the cold water. I remember I was telling uh, Sam, the owner of the spa we went to yesterday, I was just like, man, I was doing this shit 20 years ago. I remember going to uh, the rec center here and I would go to MRC and I'd, I'd, I'd just had to get baked in the yeah. morning. And I remember one of the things besides fucking getting baked, uh, one of the things I loved was going into the sauna. Yeah. So this is like fucking so long ago, man. I'd be like going into the sauna and then at mrc they had a really cold shower so i go into the sauna and do the cold shower and my buddy be like you're fucking crazy dude and i'm like fuck it just feels so good, good. Yeah. and i wish i didn't listen to him because i'm like nobody else is doing this like why the fuck i just knew it felt good i didn't yeah. need a fucking scientific yeah. review to yeah. tell me man oh this is great for you i don't need fucking stats man yeah i don't need fucking hear from this person that person fucking 10 million people over here saying yeah. do it before i finally take the leap to just try it yeah I just did it and I, I kind of knew how I felt after. Yeah. And it was irrefutable how I felt. Like, it felt good. Yeah. So why wouldn't I do it? No, That's yeah, exactly. Like, that remin reminiscent feeling of just feeling good. That's how you got your experience. Yeah. And I had a similar thing with even how you just brought up, you know, you can't judge something without trying it. So therapy was one. Yeah. You know, I always said, you know, therapy is for losers. Like you have to go to somebody else. And why are you telling them your problems and them have to help them for you? Yeah. And then finally, you know, I got to a point where in my life I had to try it. Like I was yeah. in, uh, you know, a stage in my life where I wanted to try something else to kind of get some more mental clarity. Yeah. Going to a therapist, it did, you know, wonders. It was crazy to see that sometimes just being with somebody and them hearing it and getting a yeah. totally different perspective than the people around you yeah. and give you feedback, the critical feedback yeah. that nobody around you sometimes wants to be critical or negative because they, you know, they might think that you might take it the wrong way. And that was just one side where I got to experience it and it gave me something out of that. And then again, people that were using saunas and steam rooms and saying it was so beneficial. I was always against that, that no, you know, you don't actually need that. You're just saying that until again, yeah. I tried it myself, sat in there. I remember in high school, kind of a couple of my sports friends or athletes, they would use it all the time. Yeah. And then I wouldn't. And then the finally, when I did, I just saw like, got this experience of being able to go in there and that inflammation that I was getting all the time that was kind of there just slowly kind of going away as I made sure that I kept going, kept going. Yeah. And saw that it was making a difference and making sure that that was something that I at least tried to do if I was, you know, playing sports at that level. Yeah. So you so you take a look at pro athletes. They're, they've been sitting in ice buckets forever. Yeah. Well, how, nobody's talking about it. Nobody's and now that it becomes mainstream, they're like yeah. questioning it. Well, how come they're doing it like 10, yeah. 20 years ago? Yeah. I remember nobody... seeing it so many times. <laughs> And I actually, yeah, never questioned it. I'd see them sitting there. I'm yeah. like, this must be only for athletes. Yeah. That only an athlete needs so, to use this. I, Why would I ever need it? I don't know if this is true. I remember hearing a long time <laughs> ago about Tom Cruise before he gets, uh, he goes on to a movie set. He'll like dip his head into uh, a bowl of ice water. So yeah. just his head, just so that when he comes out, he can maintain some focus. Like it just gives you instant focus, yeah. right? Because it just takes you out of the outside world and brings you back into your body, yeah. right? So like... Okay, if everybody else is doing it, and like uh, all these um, A-list actors and these uh, Olympic-level athletes are doing it, I'm going to question it? Yeah. No, fuck no, man. No, you're right. <laughs> like, there's something to it. And that one you just brought up, actually using the face, I was listening to another podcast kind of deep diving into the cold water plunge, yeah. and one of the scientists that were on there, he said, you don't actually... 
need to take that cold water plunge if you can't. No, you can. But you put how you just said, kind of a, he did a bowl. Yeah. And he said, as long as you can do a bowl with ice in it and put that on your face, it will hit enough of the nerves and do enough for your body that it'll give you that stimulation of almost being in a cold water plunge. Yeah. So it kind of gives you that feeling yeah. without, you know, how some people, they just can't take the yeah. cold. There's a lot just, of people that aren't able it's to do discomfort. it. Discomfort. Discomfort. Very it's, discomfort. So, so, so practice being uncomfortable. Yeah. Put your hand in cold water. Yeah. Put your face in cold water. Dip your toes in cold water. Get in cold water practice being uncomfortable what happens when stress comes into your life you get uncomfortable so yep. you don't want to deal with it you repress emotions yep. you completely avoid the situation so get comfortable being uncomfortable yep. it's just a practice it and is a the practice. more you do it you're gonna just be like oh man fucking life is easy breezy yeah the things that i thought were unattainable like starting this business or making more money or developing a new relationship or bettering relationships with my family and my yep. friends or giving back to my community these things aren't as hard as I thought it was. Yeah. I literally was fucking all up in my head. All I needed to do was just kind of get back into my body and learn to better manage my stress so that when these things that I want to do um, come up, I'm not afraid to take the leap. That's my daughter right there, basically. I take her swimming every Monday and Wednesday yeah. in her class. And, you know, I like going into a hot tub, obviously, yeah. and I wanted her to kind of get used to it. Yeah. So obviously she'd dip her feet in there. It'd be too hot. She'd scream and want to jump back into the, her little kiddie pool. Yeah. And slowly she'd see me in there all the time. And she's like, well, okay, how is he able to do this? How is he able to just jump right into hot tub and sit down? So I'm yeah. sitting there. I'm like, come, you know, you're going to have to come. If you want to hang out with me, yeah. it's going to be here or you're going to be in the kiddie pool. So yeah. then finally... After every class, she'd get her feet in, slowly dip herself in, get out. And now she does not get out of the hot tub. Yeah. She's, while we're in class, she's looking over at the hot tub and just pointing out like, dada, dada, hot tub, hot tub. I'm like, just wait till the <laughs> class ends. We'll go to the hot tub. Yeah. And then right after it ends, it's just a sprint in there. She'll dip her feet. Obviously, it's a little hot. She'll kind yeah. of take her time, you know, adjusting it, making sure her body temperature is right. And then boom, once she's in there, there's no getting her out. Like, I'll yeah. try to say, I'll give you candy or whatever she'll I try it. with her. love water, man. Yeah. It's so soothing so soothing um i had this thought uh <laughs> just jump back when you're talking about going to therapy and why you have were kind of against it in the beginning okay i'll uh give you some perspective here so back uh hundreds and hundreds of years ago kings had counselors yeah. right they had a team he yeah. the king had advisors and counselors to help him make decisions that's therapy yep. he's sharing his thoughts his yep. emotions right with somebody yep. to help him guide a country okay um, uh, who's one of your favorite athletes? Let's go with uh, Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods. Uh, do you think Tiger Woods has ever worked with a mindset coach? 100%. A 100%. What's a mindset coach doing? He's helping him swiffer his thoughts out so he can stay focused. Yeah. Because we have an excess amount of thoughts and emotions and people are there. We, we uh, connection and community is integral to our survival and yeah. our development and our growth as a human. So him being able to connect with somebody openly and honestly helped him stay in the right frame of mind to win. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now you have uh, high executive CEOs. I've done it. I was a sales consultant. I did that with uh, companies um, who were making over a hundred k or uh, like a over a hundred k a month. Okay. Coming in, talking to me. You know what? I, I work with the CEO, and the vast majority of the time, we're not talking about the business. Yeah. It's about that person's mindset? Yeah. Okay, so now that I want to better my life and I really want to, you know, better my relationships, I want to uh, really go farther in my career, I want to get, uh, I want to, I want to, I have some wellness goals physically, I want to get stronger, I want to get healthier, I want to lose weight, I want, I want to get, uh, I want to get a, develop a deeper sense of calm within myself. Yeah. 
okay, would it not make sense to find somebody to counsel me, advise me, speak to, so that I can diffuse this freaking turmoil in my head? Yep. Or, or am I just going to keep it in and just bottle it up? Bottle it. Yep. You know, people, if you've never tried it, don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. If you've never lived it, don't talk about it. Yep. Period. Yeah. And then you'll have people going out there talking about pro- anti-therapy because they had a bad experience. I've had fucking bad experiences. Same, yeah. I almost fucking committed suicide. But you're, but you're doing more harm to others telling them not to do it when you, when you negate all the good that it's done. Yeah. Like, that's very self-centered. Mm-hmm. Very self-centered. Yeah. And uh, when you realize that, then you'll start to come to this kind of like balanced state. It's kind of like stay in the gray. There's a yin and the yang, the white and the dark, the good and the bad, the sun, the moon, right? There's the negative, the positive. Yeah. Well, there's, there's a third. There's the gray. Stay in the gray, the medium, the happy medium, yeah. right? Don't push your views or your opinions onto others and stay in this happy medium. Yeah. Right. Inspire them. If you've done it, if you lived it, share your expertise, share some knowledge and let them decide for themselves. But don't tell them it's like it's like this or that. Yeah. They have to or they don't or, or, or they're fucked. Yeah. Or if they do this, <laughs> you know, people are so scared to try yoga because of <laughs> don't get me wrong. Ladies, they're all beautiful. OK, they're fucking gorgeous. They're 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 on their Instagram, but they're making yoga all about the body. They're mm-hmm. scaring a lot of guys away yeah. from fucking the practice. Yeah. They can't turn into a pretzel. Yeah. And yoga's not an asana, which is the physical practice. That's only recommended. It's not necessary for a yoga practice. Yeah. A yoga practice is essentially designed to get you to just calm the body and get into a final state of meditation. So yeah. you can meditate. That's yoga. Mm-hmm. Okay, you can go run around this block. I'll do, I'll do a yoga class. You'll be like, what the fuck? We'll go run around the block and then we'll come back, fucking tire you out. We'll sit down. We'll do a little breathing. You'll meditate. Fucking there you go. There's mm-hmm. your yoga class. Yeah. Right? So, but you know what? If we don't just take it down a notch, you know, stop selling, um, of course, you know, it's, it's, it's not going to happen overnight, but that's, I guess, the purpose of the podcast is the more we can talk about it. Stop selling what worked for you. Yeah. So loud that it deafens the ears. Well, don't sell. Don't don't sell your opinion so loudly that it, uh, you know, almost silences um, alternatives. Yeah. Right. Because then it takes away the fun from experimenting and trying. Yeah. So it's like uh, women on yoga. Not not all of them, but a large quantity that I see, they've sexualized yoga. Yeah. It's now they're using their body to sell the practice and um, same goes for uh, men some men when it when it's about going to the gym now it's just like fuck I just want to get so jacked don't fucking lift this fucking (laughs) this this tree over my head and they've made it all just extreme it's all about extreme strength extreme conditioning let's fucking turn a lot of people off yeah they're like I'm never gonna fucking throw a tree over my head why would I even try to go to the gym yeah um, or then you go and you hear people like selling their therapy. It's like, oh my God, I was at this point. And if it wasn't for this fucking therapy, oh my God, this is the only way. Fuck everything else. It's only this. Fuck that yoga. Yeah. Uh, there's just, everybody's just, they're just trying too hard. Too hard. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, it does. Like, I just want to jump in. Like COVID's really opened that up. Yeah. You know, we had the, the vax, the vax people, the non-vax people, the mask wearing people, the non-mask 
and everybody thought their way was the right way, not yeah. thinking about why the other person might be wanting to go that opposite way. It's not yeah. that they're against you. They might be against that thing that's going on. Maybe they can't wear a mask or it's not needed for them or they don't need the vaccine or they've done research on the vaccine and yeah. they think this and somebody's done the research on the vaccine. Now you're going to have, they now, think you should get now it. we're going to have the COVID-19 warning on. Yeah, so. that, <laughs> you know, it's this and that. And we're not on any side, really. We're saying everybody uh, with, you know, whatever happened in COVID and in life, we judge sometimes too quick without thinking why the other yeah. person made their choice. For everybody wondering why we had to cut out so many times, yeah. we just had some background noise. So yeah. we just maybe have lost our thought a little bit here and there. But yeah. I think the, what you're saying is it's beautiful, Sonny. It's, uh, yeah, there is no sides. We don't pick sides. I don't pick sides with traditional or non-traditional. I don't pick sides with yoga or therapy. Um, I do draw the line in extremism, extreme medication, extreme yogic practices. Yeah. You don't have to go do ayahuasca to find yourself. And you don't need um, friggin' all that medication to balance your mind. Yeah. No, you, you extremism, I think, um, when it comes down to it. You know, you group everybody together, like you talked about non-vax and vax. Oh, those are extremist points of views. They come, they completely leave. If if your point of view disregards a group of individuals completely without any, you know, desire to understand them, you're the problem. Yeah, you're the. It's not. It's not anti-vax and vax is a problem. It's not liberals and conservatives are the problem. It's not that. It's not that meat eaters and vegans are the problem. It's. It's not that. Fuck, man. It's. Just, it's like. It's like adults who are emotionally immature posing as adults trying to tell people what to think and how to behave. Yeah. That's what's happening. Yeah. You, you just, and, and then you, you realize like it's your ego. It's their egos are so inflated and their sense of self is with themselves. Is, it's, it's very it's, – it's, it's an illusion. Yeah. Because at, at our core, we want connection. We want – a certain sense of humanity. We want belonging. We want comfort. We want to. We want to enjoy this life. We don't want to fucking bicker and fight about everything. I remember when I was a vegan for a year. I I, started, I went into a vegan group, <laughs> bro. They're fucking some the vegan group. Some of these people were nuts, man. <laughs> and I'm talking about like. Just like they wanted to fucking just like murder anybody who wore fur. I'm like, I'm out of here, man. <laughs> I wanted to come into this group because I just became vegan, which I was for like you know. And I was just like, I'm really excited about like how it's going to benefit me. And just so you know, I was still, I was pretty, you know, uh, muscular still while on a vegan. So you can gain muscle. Yeah. Uh, but for me, I was just like, I came back to meat because I'm like, fuck, I was eating meat for so long. It, was a, it wasn't really like a, a, a crazy decision, but I just, I just came back to it. I'm like, I'm just going to find my happy medium. Yeah. So now, now after I left veganism, I eat m more mindfully. Yeah. Like I'm a conscious eater. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to um, this kind of people it's like they have a gang of thought and they're gonna they're gonna adopt not only those thoughts they're gonna adopt the persona and the character that yep. comes along with all those thoughts yeah so i'm a vegan <laughs> and now i'm a and now oh, i'm a meat eater i'm fucking everything you see on my instagram feed. i'm gonna fucking take a bite of all this turkey leg everything on my feet i'm just i'm around all the flowers and yeah. all, i'm kissing <laughs> i'm kissing the birds and they're coming into my head it's just like everybody's just playing characters i remember uh, pock said one time it's just like if people really want to do something, they'd start their own country. They'd start their own thing. But everybody's out here. They're cartoons. Yeah. They're acting like cartoons. They're acting like characters. Yeah. And it's like uh, we have enough characters out there. I've been in a gang, man. Uh, I understand what it is. Now everybody else is in a gang. Yeah. G gang of thought. And you have all these gangs of thoughts 
that have divided us for so long, Sonny. I grew up, my parents got divorced, and so now I'm divided. Mom and dad, luckily for them, they're both kind-hearted. They never pitted me to against one another. Yeah. I never had to choose sides. Yeah. There was no court uh, to say, oh, you got to go here for two two weeks or there. That 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 never was brought upon me. Yeah. I have I have family that are blood-related that are white. Um, I don't divide myself. I see them. I don't see their skin color. Um, you know, uh, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to dis disregard them because they're not the same color skin as me. And, uh, then, you know, you go into school. I remember even here with the, with the East Indian community that you had the farmers and the city boys and they all fucking all farmers for, <laughs> yeah. versus city boys. Like, because fucking they're not the same as us because people are insecure about things that are different. That's all it is. They're yeah. insecure because this is different. They think yeah. different. Then I go to India for boarding school and all the shades of brown and they're the Muslims and the Sikhs and the Hindus and everybody's brown and, and everybody was fighting with me and my brother. He fucking got stabbed on his hand with a protractor, man. Grade seven. I had a fucking, oh fuck, it was the, the fights were intense, dude. And like, because we spoke English because we're different. Yep. It doesn't matter if we're fucking brown yep. because we're different. Yep. So then you come back here and everybody's like, it's like, fuck, man, that shit opens my eyes and I just... You know, I, I, I long for that type of connection where it's like, I don't really care what you bring to the table. I don't really care uh, your, about your status. I don't care. Your resume does not impress me. I don't give a shit what you think you're going to do in the future. I care about your heart. Yeah. I care about kindness, I have compassion, generosity. That's what I care about. Yeah. That's all. That's all I've ever tried to embody. And that's, you know, those are like my core values. It's just kindness, generosity, and compassion. Yeah. And if everybody loses this facade and this like persona that they're portraying that some don't even realize, they're going to be much happier. Yeah. You know, but yeah. there's going to, you know, in order to do that, it's a fucking, that in itself is a, a mental and emotional and even spiritual endeavor that you must, you know, pay the price to embark upon. Yeah. And some people will never come back to themselves. Um, they'll live that character, that persona for the rest of their lives. Look in our Indian community. Oh, if, if look at look at all the different classes we have. Fuck <laughs> these classes, man. Yeah. You have darker skin. You have lighter skin. You're better than me. Fuck that shit, yeah. man. Because you have lighter skin. Oh, because you you come from this side of India. Oh, Hindus are separate than Sikhs. For fuck, man. For fuck's sakes. Yeah. Everybody wants to preach about we're all one, but then when it comes down to the nitty gritty, they're fucking. They're just angry and bitter yeah. because things that person's different, and we hold on to grudges and we hold on to the past and we fucking we almost like we're 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 holding the possibility of a beautiful future ransom with our own emotional baggage that we're not letting go yeah that's all it is yeah. and if we can get to that space which i do have hope for um then we can leave our society and our culture better off not only for ourselves but our children everybody has a responsibility you know like Maud flanders and the symptoms in the simpsons like fucking somebody think of the children right yeah <laughs> who's thinking of these children i don't yeah. even have kids how come i fucking work with so many kids man? because yeah. there's a sense of responsibility now that i've grown and i've uh learned a few things in life like i want to pass it on man there's yeah. some honor there there's some like a sense of civic duty there like do and you know what? I think like I feel fucking so great just to be able to say that because like that that's really all I've ever wanted to say. Yeah. All with all the work I've ever done is just those fundamental pillars and principles within me is how can I how can I Vic be kind, generous, and compassionate? 
How can I do that with my yoga? How can yeah. I do that with this podcast? How can I do that with my family? How can I do that with my friends? How can I help? How can I support? How can I do that with myself? Yeah. Right? How can I be kind to myself? And the wellness practices and the tools. So no fuck, Sonny. That was great. Well, and it comes back yeah. down to what you kind of said uh, initially that, you know, you got to practice what you preach before you teach. Yeah. And I think a lot of these kind of, you know, these analogies you brought up of, you know, a vegan going against these meat eaters and these meat eaters going against these vegans. It's just both parties just need to understand that, you know, one thing or the other might work better for someone else. Yeah. A vegan could have, you know, been a meat eater before, went to vegan, and now they're like, this is just how I want my life. I feel better. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that if somebody's eating meat, they have to come to vegan. Maybe they are at their medium already. Yeah. They're at where it feels good. But then we have those extremes on the meat side where they think, you know what, these plants have this issue or that issue. But, you know, we've seen that plants have obviously been around forever and they've been part of our diet. So it's just understanding that we got to once in a while put ourselves in somebody else's shoes. And if you don't want to try that, then you shouldn't say anything. Or yeah. if you haven't tried it, how you kind of said you shouldn't bring that up or have an opinion on it because yeah. it's not what you do or try. So what opinion do you really have and will it really matter to the person that's already doing and trying that yeah. one thing? So I think we need to either jump into that person's shoes and try it for ourselves and see if it's beneficial or something we should be talking against or not. Yeah. Otherwise, just stay in your own lane, right? Just keep doing what you're yeah. doing and let other people do what yeah. they're doing. Yeah, you, 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 you do not pass go. You don't get to join society. No. <laughs> you, you, you don't get to come in here, man. Yeah. You don't get to come and almost like infect the minds of the youth and others with your your negative bullshit. Yeah. Like you don't get to come here. Like there should be some kind of like a like a guard at the front, like the bouncer yeah. of society. <laughs> like fuck no, you know, you check their attitude, check fuck this person's an extremist. Yeah. You know? They're like domestic emotional terrorists. Yeah. They want to fucking terrorize everybody with yeah. their thoughts and their views and their beliefs and they don't want anybody to breathe and they want to fucking put their they want to they want to put them in like a fucking chokehold yeah. with their thoughts and their views and Fuck, man. And it's worse now because it's not just regular people. There's all these bots out there and social media is such a big thing. And oh, yeah. There's, we don't get to see that side. Yeah, bots fucking fanning the flames <laughs> like, all, <laughs> all the time. You see all these random yeah. comments of people just saying something that has nothing to do with the actual post or what's going on with that social media account. There'll just be all these yeah. random comments that are just trying to stir something up. Like I have a friend that actually... Uh, you know, he sells blueberries uh, just kind of all over BC. Yeah. So he took a local brand of berries and didn't want to sell in the Fraser Valley just because there's, you know, just too much uh, competition, too much supply and yeah. competition, not enough demand here because there's already stuff coming in from Chile and yeah. Mexico. So he kind of took it all over BC and he blew it up his uh, business. And, you know, he's doing really well for himself. But again, you know, he started a Facebook page for it. And that's where a lot of his ads are going. A lot of people talk and ask for that product. But then there's all these random people that have to be in there that have to throw in their two cents about random things. You know what? You know, they can't be uh, organically grown. It has to have pesticides or these things that are in the clouds. You know how some people say there's something going, okay. chemicals in the clouds that are throwing down something on these berries. Don't buy these berries, blah, blah, blah. Grow them yourself. And it's, they're, they're just always going to be those pe negative pe people. Pe pesticides are fucking, they're not, they're not good, mm -hmm. but it's what we have. Yeah. You know, there are chemicals that get sprayed into these fucking plants. 100%. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be there but if we keep fighting against it angrily it's it's an extremist point of view we it have is. to accept it to a yeah. certain degree yeah. right there should be a certain level of acceptance like you can't just like of course the governments are corrupt man mm -hmm. right yeah. well, but are we gonna fucking <laughs> just like destroy our entire civilization you know it's not about fighting we we're done fighting we create a solution create yeah. something 
But the bickering online, bickering against somebody because they don't have your same viewpoint, you know, uh, and then labeling yourself like a vegan, a a meat eater, you're an activist, you're a mental health survivor, or you're you're a, a yoga guru, or like fucking labels, man. Just take away the labels, strip away the labels, and just be who you are. You're a person, right? I'm a person, strip away all these labels, take away all the fucking politics out of yeah. this, the, 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 the emotional kind of realm of, of society. Take the politics out of it. Yeah. You break it down, brass tacks. We just want compassion. We want connection. We want uh, opportunities. We want fr- a certain sense of freedom with our lives. What, we want to have a say in it because that's freaking everybody's God-given, right? We don't want to, you know, I think I speak, I don't think we speak for a large portion of like people that are online. But I know when I have these conversations with people, I have a lot of conversations. Got to go to the, uh, uh, sometimes I go to the sauna like four times a week when I, I have so many of these conversations. Um, you'd be surprised how authentic people are when they're sitting in a room where everybody's half naked. Yeah. It just opens everybody yeah. up. Yeah. And, you know, you have these conversations. <laughs> nobody's that angry. Yeah. It's just online. It's just o- online you'll see it. Yeah. You know? And you'll yeah. look at the news and everybody's so fucking angry. Oh, the fucking sky is falling. It's just like, yeah. But if we were really that fucked, man, you wouldn't have this opportunity to speak online like how you do. Yeah. You wouldn't have access to all these resources. Yeah, the fucking... We are in a... Freaking financial crisis. Yeah, we are. Yeah, man. Fucking there's drugs. There's violence. Of course. But yeah. there's fucking so much good out there yeah. as well. Yeah. But the good doesn't get marketed. No. Because the good doesn't sell. It does the not. bad is sold. The the bad sells. The yeah. the negative press will sell. Because it it it, 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 it like pulls on these like emotional strings of everybody to react. Yeah. Coming back to the reacting. So now we're reacting to the world. Respond to it. It's beautiful. Fucking I heard birds chirping today. So what, man? You know, I, I, I think I, I've, I've, I didn't always have this, you know, I didn't just get this perspective from coming on the other side of like, uh, um, like wanting to commit suicide. I had this as a child. Yeah. It's very fundamental. Yeah. And not just me. I know a lot of children have that same view. Even your daughter before she left today and she's just so excited. Like instead of like, you know, um, your wife's like trying to make her, you know, give me a hug yeah. or like say goodbye. And then she's like. As soon as we mentioned she gets to go like jump in puddles, she's like, fuck this. I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> she just wants to go and play and have yeah. fun and yeah. enjoy life. Yeah. Everybody, you know, the, the, this, this, this culture, this, the, that we have right now, it's like, a, it's like, I'm not with it, man. Yeah. You're, are you even having fun? Yeah. Arguing and debating? Opinions are the lowest form of intelligence. You're going to give your opinion on everything. Yeah. You know? And even when you get to the point, I promise you, you know, you give your opinion and your stance on this, on that, on poverty, on, on, on crime, on transgender issues. You give, your, you give your opinion on fucking everything. And then what are you left with? Yeah. You've just fucking just talked and talked and talked. And what have you, while you were talking and conveying this, um, this, this kind of angry energy... Um, what what was productive that came out of it? Oh, you opened up some eyes. Yeah. Oh no no, you got your message across. You, know, yeah. you did that for yourself. Yeah, it's very self centered. It is. It's very self centered not to check yourself so you don't can can kind of like put what you're saying through a sieve to uh, ask yourself like, is it going to be thoughtful? Is it kind? Is this helpful? Mm-hmm. Is it? If yeah. it's not, shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah, and that happens you know daily in our lives. Sometimes we'll have 
a conversation where somebody's you know, I'm getting just, angry about this, but I don't know why. Yeah. It's been inside me. I just don't get to speak like this. Yeah, just exactly. Coming out. And yeah. I've seen this, you know, like it could be a couple or just two friends and you're bickering yeah. about something and everybody's stuck in their way and you're not putting yourself in that other person's shoe again, I bring up, yeah. to take into consideration what they might be thinking or how they're thinking their perspective on yeah. that one thing. You know, I have a friend, me and him will fight over, you know, MJ and LeBron will fight over those two guys. And at the end of it, uh, you know, Dude, in have, my mind died at sports games because of <laughs> they are like they're wearing the wrong colors. That's it. Literally. And like it becomes that big of a thing. And I have to sometimes, you know, kind of end that conversation and just sit back and be like, you know what? Okay, well, what is it out of this conversation that this person's perspective is? Okay, you know, they're born in the 90s or uh, before the 90s. So they've watched MJ their whole lives. That was their, you know, guy, the hero, their god kind of at their time. And I'm, you know, a different, a little bit of a different era. So I'm kind of used to a totally different guy. Both guys play the same sport. Both guys are freaking amazing at it. Realistically, they're both goats of their eras. Mm -hmm. That's where the end comes to uh, of that argument. And that's something that kind of, you know, one side or the other has to assume or eventually uh, we were talking about reaction and uh, response. One person has to find that as a response, right? We, we can react forever on those two. Yeah. You find a new stat. We find a new little video that pops one, up. One goat doesn't negate the accomplishments of the other goat. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yep. It's like <laughs> exactly how it should be. It's like you can have multiple goats. Yeah. You can have a fucking like a stable of goats. Like, yeah. Everybody's a fucking Everybody goat. only wants that one goat as if it's going <laughs> to produce the world. Like... <laughs> Oh man, alright, well, good talk. That was a good talk. Alright, that was a really good talk, man. Huh?